This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Danny Wexelman with Adam McKelvey, who covers the Brewers for MLB.com. And there's been no busier man in baseball this offseason than Christian Yelich. Is that a fact or not a fact, Adam? Well, I don't know what Mookie Betts' oh, winter is like, but you know, it, it's um, it's it's a wonderful thing to win a league MVP, and then as Christian Yelich found out the next day, it's kind of a different animal. And um, he had just a ton of commitments, culminating with the New York Baseball Writers Association dinner, where he got the physical award that was on Saturday, and then the next morning he was back in Milwaukee for the Brewers Fan Fest, Brewers on Deck. And that was kind of the last big event of an offseason that included all of those MVP uh, responsibilities. His charity softball game. That he did, the celebrity softball game. They're up to something like a million and a half dollars in funds raised to help victims of the California wildfires and, and some people affected by the shooting before those wildfires. So those checks are actually going out in the next week after we record this. So um, the, the guys were talking a lot at the FanFest about what, a, what an experience that was. Ryan Braun actually said that the Brewers could win the next 10 World Series and, and he would play pretty deep into his 40s if that were the case. <laughs> but his point was that they could win a bunch of World Series and you know it, it wouldn't be as satisfying wow. as the work that they did to raise in California. So, and Yelich really had the same experience. So, so that took up a ton of time and energy. Um, and basically he went home from that fan fest on Sunday night and had three weeks to, you know, recharge a little bit. It was the next day was Monday of this week that marked three weeks before Brewers position players report. So they've talked about trying to like you know, what can they do in spring training to give this guy a break? They don't need to see, you know, obviously he's not new to the organization anymore. They don't need to see anything from Christian Yelich in spring training. Right. They just need to do, he needs to do what he needs to do to feel ready for opening day. So they're going to have a talk and figure out, um, you know, what they can do, where they can give him breaks. And, you know, really it's, it's basically two months until opening day. And the thought is give this guy a chance to kind of recharge a little bit because it, it definitely was – there was not a lot of off in his off. Season. Yeah, and and I think that's great. I just read the uh, New York Times article on him uh, that came out and kind of like a Q&A style article. Um, I don't want to send anyone there, but it's just cool to hear, um, you know, how he's kind of embracing this role and doing like a post-MVP tour, which we don't see a lot uh, because he's, he's trying to utilize – the platform that he's been given now and, and kind of just bring more awareness to the game of baseball. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. And you know, he's such a genuine person Um, as his second half became crazy and he started putting up these numbers that put him from, you know, really, uh, you know, kind of 
getting in as a reserve to the all-star game to following that with one of the most productive second halves ever, ever. Um, things changed for him fast. And, and there were all kinds of requests and all kinds of responsibilities. And he said yes to a lot of them, including lots of stuff for us at MLB.com, which we were so thankful for. Um, but, you know, then I think there, there comes a point in a player's career when you attain a certain level that you unfortunately have to learn how to say no to things. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for a player with a good heart like Yelich and, and a lot of other guys who've attained fame, but it's just kind of part of life and, and you have to find the balance that works for you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of what this offseason was. It was kind of trying to figure that out for himself. He said he feels fine. He feels great. He's ready to get back to it. You know, he doesn't, he gave no indication that he feels burned out, but you know, you just could kind of follow him on social media and see like, okay, today he's shooting a Pepsi commercial and then (laughs) tomorrow he's leaving to New York. And he, you know, he said yes to the New York times, which is really cool. And it looks like he went into the offices to do that Q and a. So he says yes to a lot of things and he's learning along the way about, um, you know, there are going to be times where he has to say no. And he's, he's kind of learning that along the way. Sometimes I feel like on these podcasts, Adam, you're really talking to me and not talking to anyone else. Like I need to learn how to say no more. Like sometimes I feel like it's a good therapy uh, moment that we're having. Just learn to say no more. I think everyone could take a, a note out of that book. More self-care, right? Especially those of us who suffer from FOMO. <laughs> and we have terrible fear of missing out and we do say yes to everything, even if it, you know, means you get a little burned out. So yeah, it's, I, I'm not going to compare your and my <laughs> level of activity though, Danny, to what this guy dealt with. It's kind of All right. That's fair. That's fair enough. Um, and, and just, you know, maybe Adam, you could spotlight, you had brewers on deck. Um, and I, I know I want to hear about how your panel went and just give us, give us maybe some of the highlights from the weekend. Yeah, the panel was great. Um, our friend Laura, who is a loyal listener of the podcast, hey, Laura. Was there. Um, and we got our se- our annual selfie, so that's good. <laughs> and um, you know, the event was big, busy, it busy, was right? Sold out for the first time. They they made it a on two floors of the convention center to kind of spread a little bit. Um, there's just there's there's a lot of interest, and there was a little bit of news. I mean, Jimmy Nelson. We knew he was on track to have a normal spring training, but he really was optimistic, um, talking about you know wanting to start opening day. That would be a big surprise, but that's where his mindset yeah. is at. You know, David Stern said, said, you know, great, good for him. Ryan Braun talked about working with the <laughs> swing coach in the offseason. First time he's ever made significant changes to that famous swing. He's had the same swing since the day he showed up in the big leagues. Now he's working a little bit to, you know, maybe join that launch angle revolution a little bit. He had a lot of loud outs last year. We wrote and talked about that a ton. So he's trying to maximize some of that hard contact to try to get a little more production out of it. So that'll be interesting to see. I'm I'm not certain that we'll see changes with our eyes until he starts. You know, he hopes the results sort of are are the tell that those changes work. So, So that was interesting. And then. Um, you know, the other thing was sort of the status quo at second base where, where David Stearns and Craig Council talked about going into the season with this group of players that you and I, Danny, over the last couple of weeks have talked about, you know, yeah. maybe a platoon like an Hernan Perez on one side, Corey Spangenberg, um, Tyler Saladino, some of those prospects coming behind them in a few months into the season. They are talking about being comfortable with that as the plan. Um, look, there's still off season left. There's still... 
they say talking to, to free agents, they're still talking trades. And, and we've seen in baseball that the start of spring training is not the end of the off season. So there's still chance yeah. for moves, but they're, you know, they're at least talking about it and laying the groundwork for maybe they don't make another move. And, and if Monty Grandal was their last big addition and they kind of roll at second base with the platoon. Man, you're talking about spring training, Adam, and I just want to let everyone at home know that on this Wednesday, January 30th, I'm in New York, and I feel like I'm in a snow globe because the wind is blowing the snow so hard that it's just it's dancing in every direction that is possible. Um, so you talking about spring training is, is warming me up right now, well, thankfully. We, we in Milwaukee here, it was tw- negative 21 this morning. Uh, <laughs> what a treat. Was, uh, yeah, negative 50 wind chill, something like that. So. Yeah, I had fun this morning looking up every state's historical low. And I'll tell you the state, Alaska has the lowest low. What what was it? Can you guess? I would say uh, it's temperature, not wind chill. Temperature. I would say negative 60. Negative 80. That's cold. <laughs> negative 80. Negative 80 degrees, uh, Adam McKelvey. Can you even fathom what that feels like? Uh, no, it sounds very no. cold. Yeah. Sounds awful. Well, let's warm people up with uh, a fun game. Uh, most likely to. Most yeah. likely to. And you are prepared. You got the you got the prompts ahead of time. So we're going to dive right in. Most likely to start opening day. Uh, well, I would say Jolice Chassin. He is the obvious candidate to start for opening day for the Brewers. Their steadiest starter last year they entrusted him with game 163 at wrigley field and the brewers won the division um that he was their you know primary starting pitcher in the postseason the guy that actually took the ball and pitched deep into the game um so he is going into the second year of his two-year deal and i think he's he also has the experience of doing it for the padres a couple of years ago so for all of those reasons he is the favorite but again we talked was it last week danny about that curse Card council late my feet. I still have anything <laughs> to do with it. But their opening day starter has um, not fared very well the last at least three years. Um, so, I, you know, how superstitious are they to try something funky and do something to switch that up? I, I don't know. May, maybe that sounds maybe like something fun to talk about during spring training, but I, I, I'm not sure I see that happening in the season. So I will say Jolie Chassin. Julius Chassin, you are number one in Adam McCalvey's eyes. All right, most likely to break camp with the team that's not on our radar. Danny, you you uh, you broke up from me, so in case it wasn't there, maybe do start over there. Oh yes, it's the wind. It's the wind and the weather. They're breaking up our podcast. I said most likely to break camp with the team that's not on our radar. This is kind of an interesting one. I think that instead of going with one of the infielders that we've talked about, those prospects, um, Mauricio Dubon is one and Keston Hira is, is the other. Those seem too obvious. So I'm going to say Tyrone Taylor, who is an outfielder, a, 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 a drafted homegrown player for the Brewers. He just turned 25. And after some middling years in the Brewers minor league system, he had a really big 2018 season at AAA. He hit 20 homers, uh, 278 and 825 OPS. It was a really solid minor league year. And because the Brewers traded away Domingo Santana and Keon Broxton this winter, 
Uh, they brought in Ben Gamble. So they, they kind of have four established outfielders right now in the, the big the big boys, Yelich, Lorenzo Cain, Ryan Braun, and then Ben Gamble is kind of the, the you know, share time with Braun, bounce, you know, bounce around. You know, after that, it's kind of like their, their utility men. It's Ernan Perez, it's Corey Spangenberg, who they actually like in the outfield a little bit. But there's if something were to happen to one of those four mainstays, I, I think if you look on paper at the 40-man roster, Tyrone Taylor makes as much sense as anybody as the next man up. And having had a big year at AAA, um, you know, shown some speed, shown some defense, just shown some skills – you know, I would I would put him as the guy who has an opportunity. So that that's that's kind of a name that I have going into this camp that I'm curious to see where Tyrone Taylor ends up. If they get through camp healthy, it probably is the minor leagues. But if they have some injury issues in the outfield, I think that opens the door for a guy like Taylor. Okay. Next up, most likely to drive the craziest car in spring Easy. training. Eric Thane. <laughs> Eric last year drove a gargantuan monster truck around uh, what was then called Maryvale Baseball Park. The place is remodeled and has a new name now, Brewer Field of right. Phoenix, which is really hard to say, and I'm going to type it wrong a million times over the next six <laughs> weeks. But, um, yeah, Eric Thames, he's got the big car um, already, and I, I, I hope we see it again. All right, Eric Thames, you got you got to live up to Adam McCalvey's uh, <laughs> predictions now. Size <laughs> enterprise rent car. <laughs> okay, midsize. That's not no, bad. No, <laughs> I took you as a Corolla guy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Most likely to hit the team's first yeah, home I mean, run. Look, how can I not say Christian Yelich? You know, his second half. Give him some the love. second half was nuts. It was the best sl- second half slugging percentage in baseball since Barry Bonds when he was doing you know his thing in, in the early 2000s. So um, uh, he closed the season so hot. Uh, I'm going to go with Yelich as the guy. He'll be hitting near the top of the order again. You'd think they go Kane Yelich at the top. Um, and mm-hmm. I- I'll, I'll just I'll, – I'll go Yelich. Okay. All right. I like that. I think that's a safe prediction, I would say. Very yeah, safe. A safe. Boring prediction. Yeah, but but that's all right. Most pitcher most likely to hit the first home run of all the pitchers this season. This is a really hard one for the Brewers because they don't have um you know, of their like main starters, they're not guys that you think of for power, but the guy that showed his power in the NLCS was Brandon Woodruff. The question is, does he open the year in the rotation and get a chance to get some at-bats, or do they use him in relief to maintain depth and because of the way the other pieces fit? I, there's some questions about how their pitching staff is going to start the year, like what the roles are going to be to start the year. But if Brandon Woodruff gets any sort of at-bats, I would go with Woodruff. Remember, he homered off Clayton Kershaw in the NLCS just an awesome moment. His his family in the stands, mm-hmm. um, and you know he shared some some memories with us because he also homered in the minor leagues after spending time away from the Double A team. Uh, his his younger brother unfortunately passed away when Woodruff was in the minors, and in his first game back, he pitched a gem and hit a homer. And as he circled the bases against Clayton Kershaw and, and the Dodgers, that memory creeped into his mind, and his brother came into his mind and. 
And the Woodruff family was really kind to share with oh, Joe and I last year some of those memories. But the guy has some pop. He has some ability. He's a really interesting pitcher to watch. Um, a guy who didn't play a huge role for much of the season, but then late in the year and definitely in the playoffs was as good an arm as the Brewers had on their team and, and was a big part of them getting as far as they did. So I will give me chills. Woodruff. Yeah. Okay. First pitcher most likely to throw the first complete game of the season. Not applicable. The The Brewers don't do complete games. They don't, <laughs> they don't come close. They don't. Uh, they talk about it now and then. Now, I think I can. You've been waiting for that one, haven't you? I, I think I can say this because David Stearns has talked about it. I'm pretty sure publicly, but there was a bet last year between David Stearns and one of the team's beat writers that the Brewers would, ha- would not have a complete game. Stearns, of course, decided <laughs> that they would. And when we saw him at some point this offseason, I think it was at Thanksgiving when he popped out to a food drive that the Brewers were doing, he said to this reporter, you know, I owe you a beer. So um, <laughs> he's making good on his gentleman's bet. And um, look, they don't, they don't, maybe it'll happen. I, I don't know. Um, they just, the, they, they get six innings out of their guys and, and then they've got this deep bullpen and they use it. And I know the Brewers aren't yeah. the only team doing that. It's not like they're alone. But um, it, it just, you, you look at this staff, you know, again, I've, I've used this line. We've talked about this. There's no Max Scherzers and Madison Bumgarners on this team. And that's not to say there's not good arms on this team, uh, but it's just not the kind of horses that you think of going all nine. So I will take the bet again that there are no complete games by a Brewers pitcher this year. Okay, I like it. I like that. That's um that's a good one. And that makes sense. Um, most likely to hit the first walk off of the season. Well, you know, I don't want to say Yelich for all of these. So I will say Ryan Braun on this one. I We just referenced it. He's got some ideas about his swing. Knowing him, he's the kind of guy that when he makes a, a decision like this, a change, it, it makes a difference. It makes an impact. Um, so he's going to be kind of thinking about, you know, not, it's not about hitting the ball in the air. That's an oversimplification of what you know, the Justin Turner's and JD Martinez's have done over the last couple of years, but he's Ryan Braun is just doing, trying to do things to use technology, um, to read balls off the bat in the cage all winter to make adjustments to a swing, to maximize the hard contact. Um, so he's looking for a better home run total next year than he had this year. And I will give him, uh, I'll give him this one. Remember early last year, he hit a couple big late homers. There was one in San Diego. Uh, the Brewers had a comeback in the first series. It wasn't opening day. I think it was game two. Um, okay. He hit a big uh, ninth inning homer. And uh, then him and Christian Yelich went back to back against the Cardinals in the first home series where Yelich tied the game with the homer and Braun walked it off. Um, this was all within the first week or so of the season. So he's done it in his recent history. He's hit some big walk-offs. Um, so I'll go Ryan Braun for that one. All right, Ryan Braun. Congratulations on that one. Uh, most most likely to get the first call-up. Uh, it's going to be a pitcher. Um, the Brewers got real creative last year with the way they set their roster. They had some debate at the end of camp like a lot of teams do with kind of the end of the bench. 
And it looked like it was going to come down to a couple of first basemen, G-Man Choi or Jesus Aguilar. They kept them both, which was okay. a big surprise. Aguilar ended up being a great decision to keep because he of course, won the right. final vote, went to the All-Star game and top 30 homers. Um, but they did some kind of massaging of the roster that first week to bring, you know, make a roster move early. It was kind of a planned thing because of an off day very early. This time they have an off day again, at least within the first week. So I'm guessing they do some things with the pitching staff where they set it for the first couple of series. Then they have that off day and they can bring in a fresh arm. I think it's the Cubs that follow the off day at Miller Park. So you're going to want a full complement of arms for that. So, you know, who, uh, you know, it'll be like one of those pitchers that we saw a lot of last year that I think are probably going to do some bouncing back and forth between the majors and minors, like a Corbin Burns, a Freddie Peralta. You know, there's a new guy, Bobby Wall, on the team that's going to be in the bullpen. They have some uh, some arms that they like that are going to play a big role in the major leagues this season, but are probably going to do some shuttling back and forth to San Antonio, the new AAA team. So I'm I'm fudging a little bit on that one, but I'm just going to say it's a pitcher <laughs> and that it's one of those young pitchers who gets the call up to be fresh for the Cubs series. Who's the first guy who's going to hit for most likely to hit for the cycle this season? Well, I mean, when when a when a player hits for the cycle twice against the same team in the same month <laughs> of the season, and nobody's ever done either of those things before, I think you got to go with him. So I will again go Christian Yelich, the safe pick. Um, Racking he has, him up. Uh, he he has done it before, and uh, if anybody's going to do it now, if if I have a. Um, if I can go with like choice one B there, I will say a, a catcher. Yeah. I'll say Yasmani Grandal only because if you look at the list of players who've hit for the cycle in Brewers history, there are some catchers on that list. Yeah, um, George Kataris hit for the cycle. Gorgeous George and uh, <laughs> Chad Moeller hit for the cycle at Miller Park the day where oh, he was man. super sick with the flu. So. A couple of catchers have done it, so that'll be my that'll be my one B. Uh, yes, my. I like that. All right, Grandal. Let's see you leg out that triple. Um, most likely to get traded at the deadline. Uh, can I fudge again, Danny, and just say most likely to be the first guy <laughs> traded? Because I don't know if this will go all the way to the deadline, but they oh, okay. Have to figure out. Speaking of of Grandal and the catching corp. They have to figure out what they're doing with Eric Kratz because they signed mm-hmm. him to a deal uh, before he got before that tender date before he got into arbitration. They signed him to That's a contract. Right. Only a portion of that contract is guaranteed. Um, then they subsequently re-signed Manny Pena to a one-year deal that's fully guaranteed. And then after that, of course, they they invested eighteen and a quarter million dollars in Yasmani Grandal, who you figure as a switch hitter and the, the track record he has, what he does for you behind the plate in terms of framing at least um, and, and what he's done offensively, that he's going to be the main guy. And then Manny Pena is a top-notch. If he's your number two, that's a pretty good backup catcher, uh, especially in, uh, from a defensive point of view. So okay. they need to figure out what's up with Eric Kratz. And, you know, I, I don't know that he's a great trade candidate because he's you know he's not a young buck he's not a guy that a team is gonna uh acquire and build around but he is as good a human being as there is in the game 
of the people love him. Everybody That's got right. to see it because he, got, he he found a great stage um, in the division series where he was kind of the, the Brewers cult hero. If there was an MVP of the division series, it was Eric Kratz. And I think the baseball world found out a little bit what kind of guy this is, um, what kind of catcher, what kind of player. Yeah. yeah and I did, um, you know, there's definite, he definitely brings value to a team. I just, if, if Grandal and Manny Pena get to opening day healthy, that's, that's a log jam. And it's something that they'd have to figure out. There's, you can't option Eric Kratz down. So, so I think I'll go with him. And again, I don't think it's a deadline deal, but I think <laughs> there's an opportunity perhaps to find a, a team that, that needs a, a big league catcher. Maybe it's just one of those situations where you do a guy a favor and, and put him in a spot where he can have a big league job. That's what the Yankees did for Kratz. That's how he got to Milwaukee. Yankees basically moved him to the Brewers because they had a big league yeah. opening and teams are often um, able to do that. Okay. All right, Eric Kratz. We'll wait and see on you, my friend. Um, most likely, which team are the Brewers most likely to get their first series win against? Yeah, okay. So here's how their season begins. They, they, the <laughs> I know how it begins. <laughs> With the Cardinals. It's t- yeah, the Cardinals, and then more Cardinals, and some Dodgers, and more Dodgers, and more Cardinals. It is a really tough opening month for the Brewers. It's 17 games against the Dodgers and Cardinals in April, um, <laughs> or um, in March and April. So, look, I'm gonna say the first series win comes in the third series against the Cubs. Um, the first Ooh. series is at home. It's a four-game series against St. Louis. So I'm just gonna go split there. And then Split on that. I'm I'm the same. And then the Brewers go to Cincinnati for the Reds opener. The Reds are much better this year. Um, they'll you know probably hold back one of those newly acquired pitchers for their home opener on April 1st. Yep. And you know I'm just gonna go with the odds and say the Reds take two or three there. So I'll I'll put the Brewers first series win against the Cubs. They always play the Cubs good at home. Those are always super compelling series. They were again last year. It was kind of against the Cubs at the beginning of September that the Brewers got going. They were five games back going into the month of September, and they walked off against the Cubs in a game where Yelich hit a grounder to Chris Bryant. Instead of going home, Bryant tried to end the game with a double play, and Yelich beat it out, and the Brewers won the game. So um, I remember that game. Yeah, it was a big game that sort of yeah. held the Brewers toward the finish line. And those those games are just always like, at least the last couple of years, this, the Brewers-Cubs games at Miller Park have been incredibly compelling, and the Brewers have played them tough. So I'll give them the series win there. Then after that, they go on a week-long West Coast trip to the Angels and Dodgers. So it, it's a it's a tough opening grind for the Brewers. Yeah, the they're climbing the mountain yeah. from the start. Yeah. Okay. I like that, though. Most likely to lead their team in stolen bases. Again, I think the obvious answer is probably going to be the right one. Lorenzo Cain, he's an on-base machine. He's at the top mm. of the order. He's got Yelich hitting lefty behind him, which helps. Um, and he stole 30 last year and led the team. So this is a guy that, you know, he's – I don't have his age in front of me, but the guys always give him a hard time for being one of the uh, elder statesmen. But – that's the right. talked about this when they signed him when they gave him a five-year deal they thought he was a little bit different than your typical 30 something because he came to baseball late he didn't start playing the game till you know he, he got cut from the basketball team and picked up baseball in the middle of high school so he just doesn't have maybe as much mileage on his legs as, as some other players um 
yeah. and a guy that they think is going to maintain the running ability in the outfield and on the bases for a long time. The other thing is he is such a smart base runner. I, I've been talking about some of the yeah. uh, old time brewers lately, and they say, I've had a couple of guys tell me this, that they never. Would they appreciate you calling them old time brewers? Well, you know, vintage brewers. Yeah. Okay. They right. they I got to stand up for the old guys. They, they say they never saw Robin Yount make a mistake on the bases. Like they can't be the one okay. time he made a mistake. And I'm sure Lorenzo Cain has made a mistake at some point in his career, but I sure can't think of it now. Um, he's just really smart about picking. Solid comparison. Run. Well, look, I mean, he's, you know, Robin Yount, you're talking about a hall of famer, but Lorenzo, is as right. impressive a baseball player as as has put on that uniform for a lot of years and you know again the, yeah. the point of all this is they think he's the guy who's going to keep his legs for a while so i'll, I'll give him the team lead in stolen bases all right locane i like that all right um most likely to lead the team with home runs i will say jesus aguilar and oh it's again, it's not a total stretch because he had a ton of homers early last year. I think we're going to find out early in the year what he took away from last season and whether uh, he is a better player for it because he had an incredible first half. Um, he won the final vote. He did most of his damage before the all-star break. And then after the break, he had certainly had big moments. Um, he, he maintained a decent level of production, but it wasn't anything near the same as what it was early. Part of that is, you know, you set such a crazy standard. It's impossible. If you put together two halves like that, you're the MVP. It doesn't happen very often. So it's not to criticize the second half, but it certainly wasn't as productive. And I think he talked at times about kind of learning what it's, what it is to play a full major league season. This was a first for him to carry the load for a team at a position all year long, 162 in the big leagues. So what did he learn from that? And what how, what is he able to do, whether it's mentally, physically, a combination of both, to get through a full season and remain as productive in September as he was in, you know, say, May and June? Um, so that's, that's going to be the test for him. If he improves on that from last year, I think he's got a chance to be uh, to lead the team in homers and, and not just be a slugger, but but he he's a he's a very good all around hitter and, and just a very good all around player. I think he doesn't get enough credit for what he does at, at first base either. So he's got a chance to be really good with the experience of a full season under his belt. I like that. I like that choice. Um, I don't think that that's the first name that would come to everyone's mind. So I'm into that. All right, two more, my friend. Most likely to lead the team in strikeouts, as in pitchers, yeah, you know, <laughs> not batters. I'll go out on a limb here and say Jimmy okay. Nelson. And this is okay. a bold prediction in that we've talked about this, Danny. We don't know how much he's going to pitch this season. Mm-hmm. He missed the entire year last year with the shoulder issue. Um, he f- says he feels great. He's coming into camp as a normal guy, which is, um, you know, that's the best thing. He's extremely excited just to be a normal member of the population. But they're going to be cautious with him. They want to see what it looks like when hitters are in the box. What's the velo? How, just how does he look? And um, Jimmy Nelson 
is aiming very much to be on the opening D roster, but that's not a given that he's going to be. They need to, they need to see, they're going to let health dictate where he's at, but I, I will just go take the optimistic route. Say he's healthy. Um, say he's able to make a, a good number of starts and if he is, this is a guy who, you know, he came one strikeout away from 200 a couple of years ago before uh, injuring that shoulder in the first week of September. So he was, you know, going to easily clear 200 strikeouts that season. And it's just going to be a matter of how, in- how many innings can he log this year. If the stuff's there, I think he has a chance to, uh, to, to get some strikeouts. All right, Jimmy Nelson, let's see what you can do. Last one, most likely to win the National League Central. Um, this is hard. You know, I, I don't, the Brewers won it last year, obviously they're the defending champions. They have the whole team back. Um, so, you know, look, I don't care. I'll be a homer. I'll say Brewers because they are, they're literally the team to beat because they won it last year. I will say that my, if we're going with predictions here, I predict that once again, yes the predictors all pick the Cubs. Um, the yeah. Cubs are really solid on paper. They have a super, the very established team. They have the kind of traditional starting rotation that you think of as, you know, a division winning type club. Um, and if they get production from those pitchers, I think they're a very formidable team. So on paper, the Cubs are still really, really good. And it took the Brewers to game 163 after getting on a, a crazy hot streak to catch the Cubs um, to do it last year. So I'll just I'll pick Brewers because they're the defending champions. But I think I'm going to be I predict I'm going to be in the minority and that most everyone else picks the Cubs again. All right. I think you did a great job. Did I miss well, anything? There was one that you had when we were emailing about this that, that was first to get ejected. Oh yeah, most likely to get ejected yeah, I, first. Well, I like Did that you have one a good because, answer for that? just because he warmed up for it in spring training. <laughs> Pat Murphy, their bench coach, um, he is a football <laughs> coach trapped in a baseball coach's body in career. And um, in spring training, they they uh, they often use the the major league diamond to do some drills because it's the best infield at the complex and. We don't have a workroom. There's no media workroom. There wasn't, at least at the old Maryville. Now there's going to be one. So anyway, we would always go do our work up in the press box, even when the stadium was empty. So we'd be sitting there, and here comes Pat Murphy with the pop-up machine or whatever it is, screaming like he's in the middle of you know a high school football practice, <laughs> screaming at Major League Baseball players who probably aren't used to getting screamed at during a, a workout. Um and I've always mm-hmm. thought, you know, that energy, it always surprises me that he doesn't get a couple of April ejections because he's, you know, he's got that energy going and he's got the, you know, the vocal cords are in prime shape at the beginning of April. Um, but I don't know that Pat Murphy's ever been ejected early. He's got a couple of Brewers ejections, but I, I, I remember one kind of late last season. So that was going to be my Maybe this year or this year. Yeah. I was trying to cut down on time, so I skipped that one. But now I'm I'm well, regretting I mean, that look, I skipped it. I'm sorry. Know, ejections are uh, they're down because the managers sort of know <laughs> what the rules are, and and sure. you know you don't get the good dust ups like you used to. So that's a. I miss spring I miss training ejections too. I feel like there used to be more spring training ejections. Um, 
but but I haven't seen. Well, uh, you know, Pat Murphy, yeah. your only hope. Come on, Murph. Oh, we'll see. What we, <laughs> we can see if we can talk him into it. Yeah. yeah, nudge. Give him a little nudge. I'm sure you can do that. <laughs> All right, Adam McAlvey, you're heading to Arizona in less than two weeks, I do believe, and um, the ball's rolling, my friends. Are no, you are no, you ready no. to rock? Okay. Are you uh, in the best shape of your life? Pretty decent shape, yeah. Yeah, I don't know best shape of my life. Okay. But, you know, I try right. to get I try to get in decent shape so I can go climb some of those. Uh, Phoenix Mountains when there's time to do. That's right. That's right. All right. Best shape of your life, driving a Lambo to spring training. Basically, you're just like the players. So this is great. You mean uh, Toyota Corolla, then exactly. You're exactly correct. That's exactly what I meant. Oh, my friend. Okay. Brewers.com. If you want to catch up, if you are just tuning in and don't know what's going on in baseball, head over there so you can see what's going on with your team. With Adam McKelvey, I am Danny Wexelman. Thank you guys so much for tuning in.